Hello everyone and welcome to the Kent Spitfires One Day Cup podcast. The show is brought to you by our One Day Cup partner, WW Martin. My name is Cameron and for this episode I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by a guy who has quickly risen the ranks to be one of our most important players across the formats since his move to the club over a year ago. So I'm really pleased to welcome Mr. Joey Everson to the podcast. How are you, Joey? Good morning. I'm very well, thanks. How? Okay, as we always start on the show, how is the body doing? The body's doing well, thank you. I'm just in today for some rehab, but it shouldn't be too long before I'm back on the park. Good. What, what exactly is it and how did you do it? I did it in Blackpool whilst I was batting, so it's just an abdominal strain, but it's just one of those things in cricket, mm. what they throw at you, I guess. Yeah. Well, because we really couldn't not do a one-day cop podcast and not have you on it after, obviously, <laughs> the incredible scenes of last year, and we will get to that, don't worry. But as I, as I like to start these things, I'd like to know how you got into the game, who was it that kind of gave you your first bat, what was it that really you know, enticed you into playing this great game? Yeah, it was my... My brother and my, my dad, who played cricket, my brother still plays cricket, plays for Lynx Minor Counties now still. So yeah, I was just playing back garden cricket with him all the time, from a very young age probably. Five or six maybe, I first picked up a bat. My dad and my brother played for a Bourne Cricket Club mm-hmm. um, in Lincolnshire, so did my granddad. So every Saturday and Sunday afternoon, I'd go down, watch them play. Not my dad and my granddad, but my, my brother. And then, yeah, after school, after my homework, just either delaying my homework or after I finished it, just going in the backyard and playing cricket with my brother. Was it quite apparent quite quick that this was the game for you? Were you always talented at a young um, age? Or? Not necessarily cricket, but every sport. So I played football, cricket, hockey, rugby and tennis. Which was your favourite? <laughs> Either cricket or rugby, I think. Okay. Um, what position in rugby? Fly half. Of course, of course, <laughs> fly half. Just stay out of the way. Yep. More of an attacking role. But then I see that when I have, you've got your number of clubs here, uh, obviously before Kent, yeah. as Lincolnshire, Leicestershire and Nottinghamshire. Mm-hmm. So what was that pathway? Because you're so young now to have already played for four counties. How? So you've obviously grown up in Lincolnshire. Where does the Leicestershire come in? And then obviously Nottinghamshire. Yeah, so I grew up in Lincolnshire. So I played for the... Links age group stuff until I was 14. There's a coach called Matt Wood who used to play for Knots, was working at Links on the EPP with me. So, But then he got the academy job at Knots. And then when I was 14, he brought me over to Knots. Right. So I was going back and forth between Knots and Links for about a year or so until I eventually joined Knots on the EPP. How far away is that? It was about an hour. An hour, okay. From my family home to. Bridge, where the training was. Not too bad, I guess. Then yeah. Signed four knots when I was 17, when I was in year 12 at school. Right. The week after I'd made my debut against Warwickshire. So that was quite a cool feeling, really. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in, in the school common room um, just playing table tennis and I got a call from Pete Moores, the current yeah. head coach, and he was like, how quickly can you get to Trent Bridge? <laughs> You're in this championship squad. The game started in two days' time. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm just finishing playing my tables and just interrupted. Did you finish um, the game? No, I quickly left and went to call my parents to tell tell them what had happened. So yeah, the rest is history. The rest is history. So back then, or maybe just before you made your debut, because obviously you are now the all-rounder here at Kent, but were you still an all-rounder then, or were you more of a batsman or a bowler when you were coming through the age groups? When I was younger, I was 
mainly just an opening batter. Right. Um, started off bowling seam when I was seven or eight, and then when I started playing men's cricket, I wasn't fast enough, big enough, so I started bowling spin mm-hmm. until I was in year 15, 16. Right. Had a growth spurt, started bowling seam again, been bowling seam ever since. Ever since. So, yeah, so how was that debut like? So you've been called up in the common room playing your table tennis. You've called your parents. You've rushed over to Trent Bridge. What were your memories from that game? Yeah, it was a surreal feeling, really, playing with such great players. So we had Ashwin. Um, oh, my goodness. Overseas oh. at the time. Yeah. So I got 45 in the first innings and batted with Ashwin a fair bit. Wow. Um, what was that like? Do you say, sorry, do you, were you 17? I was 17, yeah. And then you've been called, like I say, from the common room playing table tennis, and now you're batting with Ashwin. Playing one of the test greats. That is not normal for the rest of us. So tell us, were you nervous? Were you just excited to be oh, there? Oh yeah, I was really nervous. Um, playing with all those great players. So I was batting six and Duckett was batting five. Well, yeah. And when I was 15, he gave me my Bunbury cap. Oh, okay. So, like, during the game, mm-hmm. I'd met, met all these guys a couple of times, but during the game I showed Ben the picture of him giving me my Bunbury cap and he was like, oh Jesus, because he, he was a bit hungover that day. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so he couldn't really give a speech out to all the people collecting their cap. <laughs> so we were having a bit of a laugh about that, but quite quite funny how he gave me my Bunbury cap when I was 15. And now a couple of years later, you're just batting one position below him. Exactly. Well, actually, now you've opened that door, I'd, I'd like to know more because we haven't spoken about it on this podcast, about Bunbury. Yeah. For those of, of maybe the listeners who don't know exactly what that is, well, I'll let you, I'll let you explain it. You've been to one, not me. But Well, yeah. the Bunbury Festival's a yearly yearly thing. It was founded by David English, no longer with us now, but such a great guy who started this competition for under 15-year-olds. So there's four regions, North, London, East, and then South and Midlands, so... I was playing for the Midlands and it's just a good competition to see where you're at as a 15-year-old and Mm -hmm. see how you compare to the others, I guess. Well, so many England players have gone through and played that festival. Is there any names that you remember playing against or with that are now on the county circuit? Yeah, so that year was so Ben Charlesworth, Jack Haynes, Dan Mousley, Will Smead, um, only to name a few, but... They're probably yeah. the biggest names at the minute. Yeah, that, that festival just produces these players to go uh, on. Jordan. Well, uh, John Cox. Cox was there. Yeah, uh, Hammy, Hammy, of course. The list, yeah. the list, the list, goes, list on. goes on. And can you remember who won it that year? Uh, I think South and West did. Uh, well, I was going to... They had Smead. Uh, and was he... Was he could you tell? Can you tell then that some of these names that you were saying now, can you tell that these guys yeah, have gone? Growing up, you had a list of Guys who were obviously the best players, and Charles Ruff, Jack Haynes, and Smead were like the the ones who were obviously going to go on to mm-hmm. do great things in the county game. What they're doing now is it's good to see because yeah. I saw them when they were younger and what they did then. Yeah, and everyone knew that they were going to be great players. And so, back to your the debut with Ducket Five playing with Ashwin. Did you guys win that game? Can you remember? No, we uh, <laughs> Dom Sibley got a double hundred and a hundred in the same game, and they chased three fifty. And they 
on day four, last two sessions. Yeah, well, that name gives me simply, absolute nightmares. <laughs> after when Surrey chased yeah. down 500 this season, I'd been there before. Yeah, you, you've got that T-shirt. I'd been Sibley before. <laughs> I am still having sleepless nights recounting each one of those deliveries Same. he faced. <laughs> um, okay, so... Leading so these great players you were saying about Jack Haynes, I believe was he in the squad for the twenty twenty under nineteen World Cup? Yes. Well, because this is something I'd love to talk about with you because what an experience this must have been. First off, can you remember the call or who told you that you were going to represent your country at the World Cup? Yeah, it was John Abrahams. I don't know if he's still the selector, but I was in an IT class. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was in the computer room, my head of cricket was my teacher, so right. got the call then. He allowed me to take the call outside and then told me I'd been first selected for the under-19s and obviously I was chuffed and then told everybody when I went back into the room. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a great feeling and the under-19s was just a great experience really. To go to South Africa to play at the World Cup was yeah. special. When you get selected for the under-19s, do you, you get told, or do you get an inkling beforehand that you are in contention, or was that a completely random call that you received in, in your IT class? Yeah, well, there's, you get invited to like these invitational games right. where there's probably a squad of 35 people, mm-hmm. and then it gets like narrowed down to probably 20 and then to 15. Mm-hmm. But before the World Cup, we went to Antigua, to play in a tri-series against Sri Lanka and the West Indies, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there were 17 on that tour, and then 15 went to South Africa, so there were only two who... Oh, really? Two, Just two 15? Who missed out. Did fairly well in that, that tournament. I think I've, uh, I got the world record for the fastest 15 on that trip. <laughs> How many balls? 18. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, well, I saw some of the names that you were playing with and against, so... With, I could see that there was Coxie, Hammy or Hammy Cadbury. So you kind of knew them before yeah. before you came. I've asked this question before to Gilly, but like on this tour, did you have your own rooms or were you sharing? I was sharing with Harry Duke. Harry Duke, okay. Yeah, so we all shared. You all shared. You know, that makes me feel better for all the tours that I've been on. <laughs> so, you know, it's not too far apart. But what so far in your career has been your biggest achievement? Besides, besides my ad, winning the one day cup for, for, with us last year. Um, I think it was getting my first 100 against Sussex last year. Right. Or my Pfeiffer, but probably my 100. 100, yeah, 100 over Pfeiffer. But, okay, so back to this Under-19 World Cup. Like I said, you played with Coxie uh, and Hammy Kadri, but you were playing against some top names. So I don't believe England played India, but when I had a look. We didn't play them at the World Cup, but we played them in a tri-series year before that. So did you play against some of the names that... Because in the, the, the World well, Cup itself... The whole team's like IPL now. Well, that, like Jaiswell was the top run scorer I saw in that... In that Jaiswell, I've played against him. When you play these guys, even at that age, similarly to like the, the Bunbury stuff, but okay, maybe even a step up, do you kind of just think these guys are, are almost freaks? Like? Well, they're a different level. Half the guys had already played IPL. Yeah. So they're Ravi Bishnoi. Yeah. Priam Garg. <laughs> um the way they went about their business was great to watch, really. Mm. Um, you could tell that they were going to do great things. Yeah. They're great players. Well, you did play, you played the Aussies, didn't you? 
Yeah. Uh, and again, names there, but like Todd Murphy, who've obviously just played oh, yeah. in the Ashes. What was it like playing the Aussie? So obviously outside of what would be for us when we think of the Aussies, the Ashes series, but in the World Cup, was there any extra needle there? Was there any comments? Or was it not like needle, but obviously England versus Australia is just just massive, and mm-hmm. obviously we wanted to do our best to beat them, but. No, obviously you're just trying to enjoy the World Cup experience, I guess. Yeah. And I think we had West Indies in Australia in our group, alongside Nigeria. But obviously Australia is just special to play against, like singing mm-hmm. the national anthem. Yeah, standing alongside the Australians is something that you want to do in the actual men's first team. Did it give you that kind of bug to to go and obviously and hopefully in the next few years? play I know the ambition will be to play for England but like in an Ashes series against yeah I got a bit of goosebumps actually obviously that's growing up as a young boy that's what you ever want to do play Mm -hmm. test cricket for England in an Ashes series so yeah had that that feeling that I'd like to experience again at some point in my career so okay one non-cricketing highlight from that competition that you can tell me I think hmm, it's a good question actually I think just spending time at the hotel mm-hmm. um, with all my my teammates, just having a good time in the swimming pool, I guess. Yeah. Just having a bit of R&R before each game. Yeah. It was quite cool. Yeah. On my one singular tour, we lost every game out in the Caribbean. Well, we, we didn't do too great, actually. I think we came third out of fourth in our group, so we didn't make it into the... But you won the, the play. ...knockout stages, but we won the play, yeah. which was good. Yeah. Okay, so bring you back to the UK. So you've been away to uh, the World Cup and now you're playing a bit more for knots. And then the big move, the big move to, to Kent. Yeah. How did that materialise? What was the thought process? Who got in contact with you? Yeah, so at the start of the year, I got off the new contract at knots, but at that point in time, I didn't really see myself getting that regular first team opportunities that I that I craved really um, and having conversations of with the staff at Knotts saying first team system in the next two years or so um, right. and I'd waited for a year or, year or two there and I didn't really see myself playing as much as I liked obviously they had a couple of really good all-rounders there already young all-rounders as well so Kent seemed like the best option so after June the 1st, my agent got in touch with a couple of counties and spoke to all of them, and they all seemed great counties. But Kent, when I came down to meet Walksy and Paul, the moment I left the ground, I knew what a great feeling I just got, and I knew that Kent was definitely going to be the best fit for me. Well, it's clearly gone very well, because almost immediately, so... It was an initial loan, was that right, that, when you came? Yeah, so I came on loan for the Royal London. Yeah, well, and that went quite well, Yeah. Uh, thankfully for us. And Did you imagine having that immediate impact on the club? So you've come on loan, obviously hope, I'm sure you were told you're going to play and so on, but like, could you have imagined how well, well it was going to go? When I came, Paul t- told me that I was going to play like half the games. Oh, okay. Because they wanted to play people who were playing for Kent or signed at Kent. I think that's the reason anyway. <laughs> but then Tawanda got injured. I think he I think he had a sore tooth 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of his wisdom teeth was hurting. Right. So I opened the batting against Worcester. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> I was told I was going to bat six, and then I ended up opening the batting. Okay. Got 20 on the first game, and then got 100 in the second game at uh, Glamorgan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tawanda was still injured. Right. So I carried on. With his tooth, yeah. Den- Denners came back in, so right. I moved down to six. Okay. And had an all right comp after that. But then the final came and... Well... That was... Well, yeah. So I've got it here. You've got, across the comp, you've got 330 runs and seven wickets. I remember watching quite a lot of it on the on the live streams. But I, I that you've answered one of my questions, which was how you ended up opening. Because mm. before, obviously, well, you were saying you were coming in as middle order or rounder. Uh, but now we know it was thanks to Twander's team. I think it was just because our middle order was already set. Right. And I think it was just a, a good match. Mm-hmm. I'd grown up being an opening batter. Yeah. Opened the batting in the twos for knots. So it wasn't like foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Is that something you would like going forward? In, especially maybe the white ball stuff? Or I don't mind where I bat really. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've been bowling more often this year, I think six is a good position for me. But in white ball cricket, I'd, I'd love to. Obviously, it's the best... Best place Both, to bat with yeah. only two fielders out. Um, what? What is? Sorry, I'm. I'm always intrigued by this, especially because it's a lot of discussion normally around wicket keeping. Like, say, bears throwing the ashes. Yeah. Where do they bat because they've been were keeping and and so on. For an all rounder, how far down? If you've been bowling a lot that day, where would you like to bat? Where Where is as high as? I'm sure you'd, you'd be happy to open if you needed to. But realistically, if they were like, okay, is four like the kind of? I'm interested by a professional. Um, well, that's where. Callis batted, of, of and course. he's my cricketing idol. So that falls where, where he batted, but five, five or six, mm-hmm. I think, would be the prime prime position positions. Okay, but obviously I'm batting seven at the minute. Yeah, but that's because our batting order is like so good. Yeah, so seven is where I fit in. Mm-hmm. But because I'm bowling, gives me a bit of a rest before I have to go out and bat. Does it give you kind of going and batting at seven this year? You're often finding yourself with the tail. Do you like that job? Because obviously then the onus is on you to score the remaining Yeah, I, th- I think I do quite like it. Um, so when I was at Notts, I, when I played, I was batting nine. Eight, okay. eight or nine. So I got right. my first hundred at nine. But wow. I just tried to pretend I was at number five. Mm-hmm. But obviously going a bit later. Yeah. But Who were you batting with in that hundred to um, help get you over there? I was batting with Mullaney. He got oh, okay. 190 that day. Then I got my hundred with Brett Hutton, and then Fletcher towards the end. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a special day, really. But batting the tail it gives you that chance to gives you that freedom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you go in, you'll be batting with a, a higher order batter, yeah. So you can bat normally and get yourself in, and then sure. when the tail comes in, you can free your arms a bit, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so now back to the One Day Cup, that final. We know man of the match, an amazing ninety-seven. I, you know, I, I almost sometimes worry when because I spoke back to Denley last week. You know, it was an amazing achievement, like ninety-four that he got in the Ashes. But like, you could tell, and he said how that was pang with disappointment. What was your emotions when you came off ninety-seven? Um, yeah, it was it, it was surreal. I'd gone through a lot of emotions that day. Obviously, coming back to Trent Bridge, I wanted to do really well. But I was really happy that I did. And then 
during our bowling innings. Mm-hmm. Like, went from thinking we were going to win after we finished our batting innings, and then when they were forty for nine, I was like, "Oh no, here we go." <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to lose, mm-hmm. and then after we thought we were going to win again, and then later on, thought we were going to lose again. Right. So it was a whole roller coaster, really. Mm-hmm. At what stage did you start to believe right at the end, or was it literally when that final wicket went? I think when Gilly got that one of the earlier wickets when we got Croft out, I was like, yeah, that's us. Yeah. And you were opening again. Was that the 97 you were opening? Yeah, I was opening. How, was, was that Muyeye's tooth again? Or how, how did you find yourself at the top again? Uh, no, I don't think, because we had quite a set team. Right. And we were winning games. So okay. I guess we couldn't change a winning team, but. No. Yeah, I opened with Compo. So I played it with, with him at Knotts. Of course. So we know each other's game quite well. We complement each other. And we've scored quite a lot of runs together this year as well, which has been nice. Mm-hmm. And, okay, we've asked this a few times, but what are your recollections of the scenes after the game? <laughs> Is there any memory that you hold? Not actually that much. No, you don't? No. You? <laughs> uh, no, it was a good night, good 24 hours, really, right. what, what I've told people. So we, we finished the game, had a couple of drinks in the in the changing room then mm-hmm. it was nice to go back and have some some nibbles with friends and family mm-hmm. back in the, one of the boardrooms at the hotel Okay, before we went out after which was nice in, into, into Nottingham into Nottingham which you should know all about obviously I know a fair bit you know a fair bit I know a fair bit so you were the local tour guide I'm sure that evening <laughs> um, <laughs> okay so back you've won the game you're obviously now playing I guess the end of the season mm-hmm. uh, for Kent Steve-O got injured am I right, in that final? Got, yeah. yeah, he did his calf, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay, I'm going to say this from the, the fans' point of view, seeing as I am one. You were kind of de facto seem in that point to kind of taking the bat on from him. Did, was that how you felt at that point? You were now Kent's batting or bowling all round at 6-7. Like, and it was kind of like that the warm-up because he'd got injured and you were playing those last championship games was that ever kind of a part in your mind thinking that you were not to put extra pressure on yourself but like taking over from this legend yeah it was obviously in my head but what Steve-O's done for Kent is remarkable really Mm -hmm. so the shoes to fill are are too big for me at the minute Um, so I'm just trying to be the best version of myself and not think about absolutely who I'm replacing or yeah what Darren did did for Kent really Mm -hmm. Um, obviously it was great to play with him for in that Royal London competition, he's given me a lot of advice, which I'll take on. Mm-hmm. But but no, it's obviously you are taking the baton on as the new all rounder. But yeah, what's what Steve's done for Kent is sensational, really. Yeah, what a legend. But so following that one day cup, did it kind of was there any nerves coming into the squad? Did it help cement your position and your confidence within there? How well that competition went for you? It was nice to come into the team and show everyone what I'm what what I can do. Um mm-hmm. especially in the final, doing it on a on the biggest stage in that competition was it was it was good to do that in front of them. Of course, yeah. It's like earning your stripes, I guess. Yeah. Is what a new player has to do when he comes into a new team. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't have asked much more from my my fellow teammates. They welcomed me really well and it showed in, in my performances. It certainly did that. And since then, okay, you've been here now just over a year. Have you felt you've grown as a player at Kent? Yeah, I think so. I think I've 
found that clarity in myself as a player and what my role is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my role in this Kent team is is clear to me now. Mm-hmm. Not quite had that in the last couple of years. Right. Whether I've been used as a bowling arounder or batter. But now I've got that clear clear communication with the coaches and what they want from me. So it's been really good. And what is that? What is the... Well, it's just batting all-rounder, but four-seamer. Right. So doing both equally mm-hmm. as much as each other. Yeah. As a genuine all-rounder, I guess. Absolutely. Do you have a preference, batting or bowling? A five for a hundred, if I could a hundred. I'd yeah. definitely say batting, but my bowling just gives me an extra strength to my bow, really. Yeah. When I don't get runs, I have an opportunity to take wickets, mm-hmm. but if I don't get wickets, I can get runs. Absolutely. So it's quite nice to think it like that, really. And so you're saying that hopefully the body's going to heal up and you'll be back. Are you going to be around for the final championship games? You the first champo back. I think it's not here on the tenth. I think we're pushing for that. Really, yeah. It's going to be a, a tough three games to try and stay up, but I feel when that time comes, we'll be we'll be ready ready for it. Absolutely. And so, last one for this first section. What are your ambitions going forward with Kent, but also personally in the next season or two? I want to win trophies. Really. Um, I think that's what everyone says, but definitely trophies. I want to keep a place in the first team, do really well for Kent and contribute to match-winning performances, really, yeah. with both bat and ball. But trophies is the biggest one. and obviously You've already ticked one off. But <laughs> I want to win more. I want to win more. But after staying up, but hopefully after staying up, we can push, push on further. Absolutely. We've certainly got the squad for it. Yeah, we yeah. have. Joey, thank you so much. I've 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 loved hearing like a dream to represent your country at our World Cup. Just amazing, and obviously the, the amazing start. And we couldn't have we couldn't have had a one day cup podcast without having you on after what you did for us last year. So thank you so much for your time so far, and stay with us, everyone, because obviously after the break we've got some interesting questions for Joey to have to answer. So join us after this. Hi, Joey Everson here. Hope you're enjoying the episode. We'd like to acknowledge our partners, WW Martin, major sponsor of our men's one-day cup team, Black Opal Travel Group, major sponsor of our, of our men's first-class team, Shepherd Neem, our official beer supplier, major sponsor of our men's Vitality Blast team and of the Spitfire Ground St. Lawrence, FGS Plant, an official sponsor of Kent Cricket, Barrett's Motor Group, our official training kit partner. Castor, our official kit supplier. Bayliss Executive Travel Limited, our official travel partner. And our official charity partner for the 2023 season, Porch Light. Join me after the break where I answer some of your questions. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Kent Spitfires One Day Cup podcast. I'm still joined by Joey here. We've got a load of great questions for you today. Uh, We'll start off with Kyle from Woolwich. And it is, you've been given these opportunities in the three different formats, but which is your favourite to play? My favourite format? I'd like to say all three. Okay. But if I have to say one, it would be probably the, I don't know. I'd probably say T20. T20, why is that? In front of packed out Spitfire ground. There's not much better, but mm-hmm. my dream is to play test cricket, so yeah, I want to say four day as well. Okay, if I can say two, 
you've gone that, that, that fair enough wasn't really answering the question no that, but we we will go with that and, and you've led me on to a crowd question right. obviously like you're saying packed out crowds here uh, for the blast games and, and so on have you ever had a weird interaction with a, a crowd member or has anyone shouted because obviously last week mm, we had Jack last week with the Ronald McDonald story is there any similar one or someone shouted something at you that can I can't really compete with what Jack said last <laughs> week that was quite amusing I've only played 10 or 11 T20s, so I've not had that many mm-hmm. weird interactions yet. Mm-hmm. But maybe in the next coming years, I might. You might do. Have you, are you often on the boundary? Sometimes. Do you ever get abuse? Do you hear it? I've not had abuse, but I've had like a couple of drunk young lads just mm-hmm. shouting a load of rubbish, really. Yeah. Just like sign my forehead or <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and have you? Have you signed anyone's forehead yet? I did sign one forehead. You have signed a forehead. <laughs> that's, that's great. We were mentioning just in the break that, and you mentioned it in the first half, how that you played rugby, but I didn't quite gather quite to how high a level. Can you just explain exactly how high and the decision that you had to make between obviously rugby or, or going into cricket? Yeah, so when I was young, I tried to play as many sports as I could, but it was cricket and rugby that I was best at. Mm-hmm. So I played for Leicester Tigers until I was 17. Right, um, It was quite difficult trying to balance the cricket and the rugby alongside each other. Obviously, they're completely different sports. Yep. The gym programmes are completely different. So the rugby are trying to get me muscular in one way and mm-hmm. cricket more robust to prevent injury in, in the cricket side. I probably enjoyed them as much as each other. Mm-hmm. But as a rugby player, you can't, when you're 16, 17, you can't play that many years above your age. Okay. But in, in cricket, you can. So I was further yeah. on with rugby. But I think there was one time where I think we were playing a pre-season game for Notts against Loughborough Uni. Right. Obviously, Leicester's not too far away. So we had a S&C coach and the head academy coach come to the cricket pre-season ground right. to speak to the cricket coaches about what the plan is all that up and coming season mm-hmm. talk about my gym program and how they're gonna keep it similar for each other but it, it was quite hard balancing them both out so at the end of that season when i was 17 i had to make a decision it was cricket and why why was the cricket one because i was further on with cricket and i was already playing second team cricket at the time right and then i was playing under 17s with rugby mm-hmm. so it was it was a decision that was not already made, but it was. I was already on the stepping stones but to signing my first contract. Right. And I assume you're very happy with your choice. At the minute I am. At the yeah. minute, yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to the cricket. And we mentioned him before, but as you are obviously an all-rounder, I'd love to know who's the hardest bowler you faced first off and then a batsman you felt you were never going to get out. And um, if it's not Dom Sibley, why is it not him? <laughs> uh, best bowler I've faced. Can I say in the nets or? Yeah, wherever. In the nets, probably Stuart Broad or That's James Pattinson. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was a challenging net. I, I can imagine. Bowling both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a game, probably say someone like Dan Worrell for Surrey. Yeah. Or. Luke Wood's probably up there as well. Mm-hmm. 
played him in the second team game when I was younger. Oh, what? silly of me. Jamie, Jimmy Anderson. Oh, that's quite a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How have you forgotten that one? I played against him in the twos game. I was 15. <laughs> he, was, he was coming back from injury. <laughs> Parky was playing in that game as well. Yeah, he got me out. Uh, what can you? I, I lasted about ten balls, which was good. Yeah, I would say that's quite an achievement at that age against Jimmy Anderson. Yeah, I kept playing a miss, and he just wasn't giving any like facial expression. Like really, <laughs> like that's just standard stuff for him. Yeah, but then didn't really celebrate when he got me out either, which was quite demoralising. <laughs> He's just done it so many times, so many people. Just a few, <laughs> and. Okay, because you've said about celebration, I'm going to get back to the batsman. I'm going to get back there. But I have had a question sent in about what is your go-to wicket celebration. I think I just put my arm in the air. Just put your arm in the air. Almost so. Shearer it's style. The, it's the Shearer celebration. I've got something down here. here. Just say you do the Shearer. Can you tell me why I've got about it being a kangaroo? <laughs> Liam, the media man, he was Jerry and yeah. kangaroo. He wants me to do a kangaroo celebration so he can put it on the... <laughs> put it in the social on media. On the social media. Are we going to see it at no. all? No. Oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry. not going to be a walking meme. Not a walking... <laughs> Imagine the views. Okay, so back to it. Back to the batsman that you've been bowling at and you thought, no chance of me getting him out. Or has that ever happened? It was Dom Sibley. Dom Sibley. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Nightmares. Nightmares about that man. Who, when you are out on the pitch and you're, you're bowling at, at a Dom Sibley for hours and hours, who is the player taking the most breaks? Tawanda. Okay. <laughs> and what's his excuse? He goes on? off every, twice a session. Really? To sort out his fingers or yeah. have a little toilet break. But his <laughs> toilet breaks last half an hour. <laughs> like he's just sitting upstairs to chill, really. What are the rules in, in pro cricket for like when you're off the pitch? Like for you as a bowler? Well... When you go off, for how many overs you're off, you have to stay on the field for that amount of overs before you mm. bowl again. So you really don't have... I can't. That, yeah. I go off for two overs max, probably. Really? I have to check with the captain whether he needs me. And then the you get to go. Five overs. <laughs> if, if, if he doesn't, then I can go off. <laughs> so it must be hard for a wicketkeeper. Yeah. Because he can't go off. He can't take those breaks. No. No. Um, amongst the squad, we've been well, I've been lucky enough to speak to likes of Gilly and talking about him at Twanda and but are there any other bromances amongst the squad that you think are, are worth mentioning? They're the biggest bromances, okay. Nathan and Twanda. But the other bromance is a weird one. Compo and Coxie. Okay. <laughs> they love each other and hate each other at the same time. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. They uh, give chat to each other. Yeah. But they can give chat because they don't love each other. Right. Oh that now that is an exclusive. Or, Tawanda and Deebs, probably. That's another okay. bromance. Yeah. Everyone just loves Tawanda, really. Mm. I, I'm gathering that. I, I'd love to have a chance to speak to him at some point uh, about his tooth, and hopefully he's over that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's a question. It's There's been a terrible accident on uh, the trip to the Isle of Wight. Thankfully, no casualties, but you've been marooned on different islands. Who do you want to be marooned with? It's just one of the squad members. Who is it? Stuck with. You're stuck, yeah. Probably Quinny. Okay, why is this? He's just funny, make me laugh, keep me company. Okay. But for like intellectual purposes. Yeah. Probably Marcus. Marcus. People do, yeah, Marcus has been mentioned. He'd keep me alive. So in the, so the second part, like 
who you think could be Bear Grylls-y, you know? Hoax? Hoax, yeah. Hoax, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that's the first person who comes to mind. So let's hope, when you get marooned on this island after this horrendous crash, you're there with Hoax, Marcus, <laughs> Imagine. and Quinny. <laughs> I'd love that. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Just the idea of that, that is that quarter. Oh, brilliant. Haircuts. Mm. Who has the worst haircut? And we're not, I don't think they're that bad anymore. Because we were talking about, you know, recent friend of the show, Joe Denley, and some of his cuts of yesteryear. Mm. But is there any at the moment that you would say need checking? Compo. Compo. Okay. <laughs> and uh, if you can, why is that? Just a bit like a. Fuzzy tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> a bit harsh. You have asked the question. I did. Uh, yeah, it's my fault. But Dennis had some... I've seen old photos of Dennis mm. when he's had skinheads. Yeah. And then the one where you came over at the front and then spike <laughs> up at the back. Are you planning on recreating any of no. them? No, not anytime soon. I've, I've had some bad haircuts. Right. But not as bad as... Not bad as those. Those, No. No. And I guess leading on from that, I, I did ask Gilly this before, but like, worst dress, do you think? Compo. Compo. <laughs> he, he's just getting pelters it. Sorry, Compo. I love you, Your opening partner in that final Compo. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been asking this of, of all our guests so far. Can you describe this one-day cup squad in one word, please? Exciting. Exciting. Excellent. Have we... We've had an exciting. Have you? Oh, you know, VAR, we've had an exciting. Can you give me another word? Calm. Calm. Ah. Quite different, those two words. (laughs) Exciting to watch, but inside the group, calm. Perfect. Excellent. And now, can I have your Kent top six? Batters, two bowlers, all-rounder and a keeper. I I gave everyone like the option to go as they like to begin with, but now I I want it regimented. Uh, I Kent, yes, please. Okay. And my all-rounds will be steve obviously. Okay, He's yeah. probably been in everyone's team. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Two bowlers would be Hogs. Okay, correct. He's, yeah. the, he's the county goat. Yes, absolutely. And probably Wes Agar. Nice. What was Wes like? He's probably my best mate at Kent yeah? now. Jamie's gone back to Oz, but mm-hmm. hopefully he'll be back. Yeah, I made Absolutely. great mates with Wes and what he did on the field for us was special. Yeah. I'll have Bilbo as my keeper. Mm-hmm. Two batters, I'll have Zach and Dennis. Excellent. International cricketers. Yeah, and hopefully Denley will bring back one of his hairstyles yeah. for that six-a-side game. He can only be my team if he has a <laughs> head. <laughs> Joey, thank you so much. Uh, it's been great. After what you did last season for us, you are... Whatever happens now, you're a Kent fans legend for that man of the match performance in the final. You want a silverware. So it's been brilliant to talk to you and mainly just to hear about uh, Compo's fuzzy hairstyle. That is tremendous. And Tawanda's injured tooth. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Everyone, thank you again for listening. Thank you very much, Joey, for your time. It's been great. It's been good fun. Excellent. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Bye-bye.